Hello and welcome back to Coach's Corner. The day is October 4th. It is a Tuesday coming off of a full NFL college slate and some big baseball news. We have basically, I well actually not basically, we have our 12 teams for the playoffs. We just have a little bit more seating to go. But anyways, we'll talk about all that. And all the college football action as we normally do on a Tuesday. And with that being said, let's get into it. that i welcome you into coach's corner as i stated it is october 4th we're coming off of a ginormous sports weekend all around i'd say the sporting atmosphere i mean in basketball we had some preseason action finally start to kick off so the season is right around the corner on that end of things and then you turn the page you know and we had a playoff race we had a ginormous playoff race of baseball Finally down to the last series of the year for every team, really. And both sides are finally decided on what teams are in, figuring out the seeding. I don't know if if there's only like one more seeding thing to figure out. But ladies and gentlemen, the Atlanta Braves are in possession of first place of the NL East. Unfortunately, they dropped tonight's game, but that's okay. They still have some breathing room for tomorrow. And so the Atlanta Braves are on the verge of clinching the two seed, getting the first round by with the LA Dodgers. This is a really big deal, and I'll tell you why. So obviously the Dodgers have been at 100 wins for quite some time now. They've been comfortably better than everyone. I don't want to look at their run differential because I'm sure it'll make me sad because I'm sure it is in the hundreds of numbers. And so they've been sitting pretty at the one seed for quite a while now. But the team that has to play the Dodgers after the wild card round would have been the Braves for a long time. The Braves would have been obviously fighting and fighting and fighting from that fourth seed to try and get the two seed. They finally did that this weekend in Atlanta over the Mets, swept the Mets in attendance for Saturday, which was a beautiful night, a beautiful game. Dansby Swanson, Matt Olson couldn't have been better. Rossiel Iglesias, just fantastic out of the bullpen. Bullpen as a whole was fantastic, but him in particular, fantastic work. The Mets starters just weren't able to really get it going, like just giving up the long ball, which is a really tough sign that DeGrom and Scherzer and Bassett were doing that consistently. So that was tough. Their number three, one through three hitters were not hitting, so that's also tough. But all that being said, the Braves find themselves in the two seed. And like I said, first round bye gets them out of the wild card. They don't have to waste pitchers on a wild card series. And more importantly, I mean, they're going to play the winner of Phillies Cardinals. And I 
would argue that the Braves are better than both of those teams, despite the Cardinals' voodoo magic. And the Phillies have a couple players that will be tough, but the Braves should be better than both of those teams. And so a huge break if they can end up winning the MLEs. I don't want to talk too soon. But this weekend was a gigantic step in the right direction here. So with that being said, the NL, as I kind of loosely stated, Los Angeles the one seed, Braves hopefully the two seed, Cardinals at the three seed, the Mets at the four seed potentially, and then the Phillies tonight grabbed the final spot, and now they break their 11-year drought of the playoffs. They They needed the extra playoff spot to be implemented to do it, but We'll count it. It's being generous. It's like saying when the Marlins made the playoffs during the 60-win season when they had like eight teams. It's kind of like that, but we're being generous here. So all that happened over the weekend for the NL and the AL. The Astros had clinched. I don't know if they clinched over the weekend, but they clinched last week sometime. The one seed. So the AL currently does run through Houston if it gets that if they get that far. The two seed is the Yankees, who obviously they got off to such a hot start. For them to lose the two seed, it was never, I'd say, really in question. It was dicey there when they were losing a bunch of games, but they turned it on the second, or I'd say the last quarter of the season to really secure the second seed. It looks like Aaron Judge won't break that record, so that is tough for him. Three seed in the abysmal AL Central. The Guardians managed to kind of, I don't know, shock everyone, but definitely not the favorite in this division over the White Sox or Twins, I would say, for that matter. They get the three seed here, and I think, you know, good good for them. Good for them. (laughs) The four seed, the Toronto Blue Jays, and that could come into play here because of Toronto's vaccine thing, that could actually be a home field advantage if you really want to talk about it. However, the Blue Jays, after a pretty rough start, rocky start, find themselves in the top wildcard spot, which I think is a great win for them. Uh, Mariners snapped their streak. I don't know if I said that last week, but the Mariners snapped their 21 a year playoff drought, so that's big news for them with their exciting rookie, Julio Rodriguez. And then the last spot, as always, the steady, reliable Tampa Bay Rays. Yes, of course, those pesky Tampa Bay Rays don't spend any money, find all the talent, and manage to squeeze into the playoffs. So who knows what they can do? Obviously, they might be the better team than the Guardians, but, you know, that I don't think it's too shocking, but. Regardless, exciting to get some October baseball here around the corner. Obviously, we're right there. But yeah, no, good good stuff to look forward to. We'll have some predictions, I think, and I'll do a playoff bracket, you know. But moving on, on the college football, we have a pretty mild, tame week to talk about. Not not a ton happened, I don't think, really, besides one big matchup here in the top 10. Uh, so normally, you know how we do it. Normally, we go through the top 25 teams, all their games, <clears throat> all the scores, kind of what I thought. And then we'll talk about next week's slate. I will give you an update on my gambling picks. 
I gave out I gave out some winners, gave out some losers. I went straight down the middle. I went nine and eight, so over five hundred. Um, thanks to Oregon hitting the over against Stanford. But you know, not a fantastic week for my standards. You know, I didn't I want better. I had a really good week last week. I thought I saw the board well. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, when I made all the picks, I didn't take into account weather. Uh, the rain, the hurricane, didn't take that into account with certain games. So that's on me. That's on me. I'll hold my hands up. <clears throat> Should have saw that one coming. But still, went 9-8. and eight. That's a good, you know, like I said, over 500. The mortal lock of the week cashed. I got both of those. I had Maryland, Michigan State over, or no, under. And they hit that by like 20 points under. Fantastic. And the Chiefs absolutely steamrolled the Buccaneers. So that was the easiest cash ever. <clears throat> so very happy to report that. Feels good. But with that being said, let's get into the top 25. So don't have the rankings of this week in front of me. However, I do have last week's with the schedule here. So number one, former number one, Georgia. Goes on the road to Missouri. And I was at the game. Obviously, I said said that. The Mets. Braves. I didn't think this game would be really exciting. I didn't think it would be nearly as close as it was. Georgia was a four-touchdown favorite. I think they're that again this week against Auburn. Surprisingly. But um, Georgia tried their hardest to blow this game. They tried to do it from the jump. Missouri kept them in it, thankfully. Really, and I can't blame the defense because, you know, 22 points should do it. You know, 22 points for this Georgia defense is not great, but it's not bad. You know, the <clears throat> totally do- doable mark by all standards to for a team to go in and win a game. Especially this Georgia offense who through the first three weeks was scoring 40 point plus points a game. Then they run into Kent State, have a little bit of trouble, but they still put up 39. But they go on the road here. And if you want to talk about the sloppiest game that you could ever see played, that was Georgia this week. It was atrocious from the offensive side of the ball. Stetson Bennett was not throwing the ball well. Offensive line was hardly blocking. The run game had some fumble trouble. And Brock Bowers didn't get targeted really until late. And... All of that, frankly, is unacceptable. I mean, if you're the number one team in the nation, you need to do the things that make you the number one team in the nation. It's as simple as that. Like, there's no sugarcoating it. You have to do the little things right, and Georgia did none of the little things right, and they did a lot of the big things wrong, too. So it's not really shocking that Georgia drops in the rankings. I don't blame them. And frankly, this is a good thing because, you know, normally they get a wake-up call, <clears throat> in the form of like losing to Alabama by 20 in the SEC championship or, you know, losing at Auburn on the road or LSU if they have to play them that year. But, you know, to get this one out of the way early, you know, because I think this is a wake-up call. Despite you winning, this is like, hey, probably need to lock in here. <coughs> frankly, Frankly, they just need to lock in here. I mean, really, it's, it's as simple as that. They play Auburn at home this week. It's a 3-30 game. Auburn's just as bad as Missouri. 
if not worse. So here's your opportunity to right your wrongs, come back and look like the best team in the nation. Now, you might not get that ranking back, but you can at least put up a performance that says, hey, we need to be back in that spot. This is our bad this week. So very disappointing from Georgia. But, you know, hopefully, like I said, corrects some things here and get back on track. Next, we got number two, Alabama at Arkansas. <clears throat> if you want to talk about a team that's like really kind of came out and put their foot on the pedal and just kind of ran over their team, you can point to this Alabama team. I mean, they were up 28 to nothing at one point. Arkansas tried to storm back once Bryce Young went out with an injury. Haven't heard anything from him, so I'm assuming that's good news. You know, if it was bad, you would I would have seen something by now. It would have been pretty confirmed, but I'm assuming he'll be back next week. But, you know, this was really an Alabama win from start to finish. Jamar Gibbs had his breakout game finally. Run game's been a little lackluster. The offense is really, as a whole, has been a little lackluster, I'd say, as an overall team. Like, the past game, obviously, Bryce Young has it in in very good shape, but you know, it doesn't feel like we got the pass and run at the same time. And this one, this game still kind of felt like that once Bryce Young went down because really this is only the run run game that prevailed, but the quarterback looked fine in relief. You know, Arkansas, I love Arkansas. I love what they're building. Like I, I hate to say that they're building because I mean, they've been in the top 10 twice now in two seasons, but they've been blown out by the top two teams in Georgia and Alabama. But you can see that they're at least getting there. So, I, you know, it, I don't know what happens after KJ Jefferson leaves at some point here in the future, but it, at least it looks like you have a little bit of excitement. You're a top 25 program, I think, for sure. For sure. So, you know, this was a tough loss, but... I think still positive for Arkansas's whole outlook. Alabama, this obviously was a good win, so good for them on the road too. Uh, Ohio State, um, Rutgers came to Ohio State, and C.J. Stroud looked like the man. You know, C.J. Stroud, who I would probably have as my best quarterback in this upcoming draft. Continues to impress. I I mean, didn't put up a lot of yards here, put up a couple touchdowns, but I mean, he didn't have to. The run game took care of the game for him. He kind of, I don't say took the game off, but, you know, compared to what he's has to produce in big spots, this was a nice change of pace where he didn't have to. So they handled this with ease. Ohio State, really good on offense again. Uh, Michigan at Iowa. J.J. McCarthy has a lackluster game, but Blake Corm is still still the cog of this offense. Blake Corm's really good back there at running back, you know, and I don't know if Michigan, I don't know if like Jim Harbaugh's like transition basically to developing running backs better than quarterbacks, but that's two seasons here where Hassan Haskins had a fantastic year, went on to be drafted, and Blake Corm, I'm sure, has draft hopes here after another strong performance. At Iowa, too, it's also a tougher place to play. I would say it's not, you know, it's an environment where it's not like one of the top that people would like say, like compared to SEC stadiums or certain big, big, big 10 stadiums. But, you know, Iowa's a tough place to play. So good for Michigan to go get this win because this definitely could have been a letdown spot for sure. 
this was the big matchup of the week. This and another game I'm going to talk about here shortly, but NC State on the road, number 10, goes to play Clemson, number 5. And really, this is about how the game I expected it to go. You know, I mean, Clemson was a six-point favorite, I believe, and it's a night game. At Clemson is always, I think, a tougher place to play than, than NC State is accustomed to. I mean, I think NC State is a really good home team, but you go on the road and things kind of get thrown out the window for them. They're not like the same number 10 team that you've seen all year. They take a step down, I think, in competition or in their competitiveness. So tough loss for Devin Leary and company. I think NC State still has a good chance to make a nice bowl game. They just have to keep you know, doing their thing, winning games. And, yeah, I mean, nothing to hang your hat about because, like I said, this Clemson's defense is really good. And they managed to, you know, 245 yards from Leary and 20 points. is It's tough to have that look after Wake, what Wake Forest did. But, I mean, you still did a good job. Clemson just managed to do a better job, you know. It's just sometimes it comes down to that. They're just the better team. Uh, moving on, Arizona State at USC. USC takes care of business. Caleb Williams back to his production. Last week was really an anomaly at Oregon State. He comes back and looks really good on the, I mean, not even on the road, but at home, 348 yards, a couple touchdowns, <clears throat> good stuff. This was the other big game. Kentucky at Ole Miss. Uh, this was also one of the unders that I put in, like under 54 and a half. It cashed pretty easily. But Kentucky Kentucky falls here in, I'd say, a really, really disappointing fashion. I mean, Will Levis, the numbers will say he did pretty good, which I, considering what his offensive line was doing, he was doing good. But a costly turnover at the end, a couple drives that stalled out because he couldn't really you know, get the right read. All I would say very concerning about this Kentucky offense. And it's funny because Kentucky's offensive line is normally good and the skill positions are kind of like patchwork and then you have like one really good one, like one really good running back or receiver. This Kentucky team's different. They have that basically flipped. You know, the offensive line is atrocious. And, you know, Ole Miss is number 14 in the country, so it's not like there are any pushovers or anything. But Ole Miss's defense shouldn't, look like you know how the 49ers did last night against the Rams they shouldn't the Ole Miss defense shouldn't look that good you know so Ole Miss you know credit to them Jackson Dart tried his hardest to throw this game away several times with some bad throws it turns out Ole Miss is a run first team this year and I'm very intrigued to see how this will hold up I I'm just (laughs) it's a very curious team I don't I don't know what to think about them. I don't want to call them frauds yet, but this felt like a very, like, Kentucky lost this game way more than Ole Miss won this game. If that makes any sense, Jackson Dart does not inspire confidence in me this year for Ole Miss, and I hate that because, I I mean, he has a great quarterback name. He has the eye paint over his eye like he's a warrior. It's it's some He's a cool, cool guy. Quarterback, I, I don't know. He's still young. <laughs> he's still a young kid, but... Ole Miss definitely, I think, will jump in the rankings here. Uh, where did they go to? Oh, this is not. Hold on. Dun, 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 dun. I'm trying. <laughs> on ESPN here, they have the standings, but instead of standings like being like for the whole country, it's just individually based. 
Here we go. Ole Miss is number nine in the country now. So a top 10 team. Uh, that's good news for them. They break into the top 10. You know, Lane Kiffin has them humming. I'm curious if he'll make any like moves. I know he's been very kind of loyal to Mississippi and he's doing the whole transfer to the SIP thing. Like cool cat, but I definitely wouldn't put it past him to jump ship if one of these jobs are throwing money, money at him. So curious to watch that. Uh, next ranked game, Tennessee of the week off, so don't have to talk about them, thankfully. Um, Oklahoma State at Baylor, number nine, Oklahoma State at number 16, Baylor. So ranked matchup here, pretty good matchup. And this was one where I think this is just an Oklahoma State offense that has a quarterback that's been there a couple years and is definitely just experienced, more experienced than Baylor, like Baylor's offense. And, I mean... It was like Oklahoma State jumped out to a little early lead. They kind of held on, held on, and basically for every Baylor score, Oklahoma State would answer, and they just kept it really at this 10-point 10, 10 kind of buffer for really the whole second half, and I would say that's credit to them. Their defense, obviously, like you know, wasn't great, but made stops when they needed to. Give a lot of credit to Spencer Sanders here, and because Baylor has... I mean, Baylor beat Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship last year, so they are no pushover, definitely. But, um, yeah, big win for them. They move up in the rankings, I think, number seven. So Oklahoma State is silently but deadly becoming the like most playoff-likely team from the Big 12 now. I mean, unless Kansas keeps going on this tear <laughs> of just beating teams. Yeah, no, they, they looked good. They looked I don't know if they're to that level, but they looked solid on Saturday. Northwestern at Penn State. This is the most unimpressive number 11 team I've probably ever seen. I mean, Penn State, I just don't believe in at all. They win 17 to 7, so I <laughs> Penn State stinks. I don't This is the most fraudulent team cuz I like I threw out the word fraud with Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss is clearly better than Penn State. Penn State is I just don't believe in them. I don't believe in Sean Clifford, really. That's what it comes down to. Sean Clifford looks like he's dying to throw a game away at any moment. And just he's really just unimpressive to me. If he gets like an NFL draft spot, like in the fifth, sixth round, I shame on that team. I shame on them. Watch me the Falcons. But regardless, you know, they get a win here. Oregon State at Utah after being frisky with USC, Utah. Um, takes care of Oregon State easily. I mean, 42 to 16, never really in doubt. Turns out Utah, Utah is actually a good team. They just had a slip up against Florida on the road. You know, I mean, I can't put it against them. They remind me a lot of the Oregon team that lost to Auburn in like week one with Justin Herbert. Like early hopes for a playoff spot, maybe dark horse team for the Pac-12. However, they just kind of stumble out of the gate, and now it's like they have ground to make up, but they're, they're doing it. Like, they're winning these games. Like, you need to win against Oregon State pretty comfortably, and they do. They'll have a game against Oregon here, who just won against Stanford. They were dominant. Like, number 13, number 12, if they play and Utah wins, that's another good spot. If they play USC, that's another good win if they can get that. Like, Utah is certainly not dead, but... They have some ground to make up for sure. Uh, I mentioned it, Stanford at Oregon. Oregon at home just continues to be an absolute wagon. I don't. It's it's one of the more shocking things I'd say. 
because frankly, I didn't just didn't believe as as Oregon like just that much. But like I said, they they managed to just get a comfortable win over Stanford, who as a program has really fallen off here. Texas A&M, they do the Texas A&M thing, and they end up losing a game against an unranked team because they don't have a quarterback who can score points because, you know, you need that. And Texas A&M, turns out the recruiting rankings aren't everything. Being number one class doesn't mean you'll be the number one team, so they will find themselves outside the top five, I'm very sure. Oklahoma at TCU. Uh, the wheels are falling off for Oklahoma in conference play. They're 0-2 now out the gate. TCU beat them by 30 here. And it got so bad to the point. TCU was asking if they were going to hit 61 or 62 before Aaron Judge. It was really ugly. It was really, frankly, bad for Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel left, which I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I don't think it would have changed the thing. But, yeah, Brent Venables running to some adversity here early on in his tenure. Uh, he, he's learning the Oklahoma defense is not good, which, shocker. Purdue at Minnesota. Minnesota ranked here, thought they were going to make some noise as a potential Big Ten West team. Uh, they lose here at Purdue, or no, they lose in Minnesota to Purdue, which is more tough to lose at home. But Purdue puts up a good performance, you know, just, just does enough. Defense does really good, so... Uh, Wake Forest, number 22, at number 23, Florida State. This was going to be a very good game, but Wake Forest kind of put Florida State in their place. And, yeah, I mean, this was a just, to me, this was an experienced quarterback going on the road to a team that he's just better than. Like, Wake Forest is just, just a better team than Florida State right now. And that doesn't mean Florida State's bad by any means, but, you know, Wake Forest is, I think, just one of the better ACC teams. I, th- I think... They're the number two ACC team, clearly, to Clemson. And it stinks that they didn't win because that would have pushed Wake Forest way up to the top ten. But, you know, just they, I think they can get another – they're another case of an ACC team that I think lost to Clemson that can get a good bowl game. Uh, Georgia Tech at Pittsburgh, number 24 Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh just, just dies here. I don't <laughs> – Georgia Tech fires their coach last week, so – Interim coach coming in has a little bit of juice, and turns out it was enough. I mean, they get a win here, twenty six to twenty one. Maybe this is just the turning point for Georgia Tech football. I know I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm clearly not telling the truth. Either ways, they get a win over Pittsburgh here. Pretty good win. Then Texas Tech at Kansas State, who's number twenty five here. Kansas State handles them pretty easily. Um, Adrian Martinez is just proving that. You know, running quarterbacks can win you games, and Kansas State gets the win. Uh, outside the top 25, some interesting games. Uh, Illinois blows out Wisconsin. Wisconsin fires their coach, Paul Christ, who had mild to moderate success there at Wisconsin, but he just, this year has not gone close to what you want from him and his staff. He, they get out of here. Uh, so Wisconsin now has an interim coach, former quarterback Jim Leonard. So we'll see if he has anything to do with them getting back. But Wisconsin, really a team that kind of just flirts in the top 15 for most of the year, loses a big one to Ohio State. Uh, you know, just getting blown out here is just a tough look. It just is. You just can't. To Illinois, 
That's not really acceptable. Uh, James Madison, who joins the you know big dogs for the first time this year, continues their dominance, gets a blowout win over Texas State. Very cool to see them do things. Uh, Iowa State at Kansas. This was kind of a spot for Kansas. Would they you know, drop and finally kind of come back down to earth? No. Turns out they're not going to leave. They're not going anywhere like the Wolf of Wall Street. They're not leaving. So Kansas State stays here. They get the win. I, they're ranked in the top 25 now for the first time since I think like 2009. So good props to them. The quarterback's doing a hell of a job. I think they're num- yeah, number 19. So they jump Kansas State, the rival there. So Kansas State, Kansas will be an electric atmosphere. That seems like a game to be at. Kansas has college game day this week. So Lawrence, get ready. Uh, UConn pulls off the upset. I I talked a lot of crap on UConn. Can't do it this week. They beat Fresno 19-14 at home. North Carolina takes care of Virginia Tech very easily. And the reason I want to talk about that is Drake May. Drake May, remember the name. He's not eligible for the draft, I think, for two more years. I think he's a freshman. But when he comes out and if he continues this trajectory he's on, Drake May will be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. So if if North Carolina can get at least like 50% production out of their defense, they, they would be a top 25 team easily. But North Carolina defense continues to be one of the worst in the nation. It's unreal bad. But Virginia Tech is also one of the worst offenses, so only 10 points from Virginia Tech here. You know. Um, That's really about it. You have LSU beating Auburn. Uh, Washington State beating Cal, and Texas beating West Virginia, and Nebraska beat Indiana. So Indiana's down bad. Uh, Duke beat Virginia. That's you know battle of the bad teams. But that that is your week five recap of the whole shebang. You know the whole college football slate. Like I said, I'd say a pretty mild week outside of the Georgia scare and North Carolina Clemson, and Kentucky, and Ole Miss. So the other games were all fine. It's just those games definitely stood out amongst you know the big ones all week. And we look ahead to this upcoming week, and I can't say there's really any other matchups that will be chaotic, that you have that has the energy of chaos out the gate. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't a couple that will be exciting, but I, I think there's some games here this week that could be you know, talked up more than they actually will be played. So we'll get into that right now. So starting the way this goes on the ESPN website, at least when I look at the schedule, it starts basically, you know, from the times it's not the rankings. So kind of going through some of these games randomly that excite me. Uh, SMU at UCF is a Wednesday game. It is supposed to be played this past week, but you know, both teams, obviously the hurricane messed that up. It's being played. Um, tomorrow, actually, now that I was, as I'm recording this, Wednesday. So it could be an exciting game. I think UCF wins this. SMU's going through a little bit of program turmoil. Uh, some guys are transferring out or stopping playing, so that way they can get a redshirt season, so that way they still have more eligibility. Uh, you know, the transfer portal stuff is what it is. I mean, uh, <laughs> I know I'm not a college football player getting my school paid for me, but I transferred twice. I understand 
that sometimes the fit just isn't there, and SMU players are seeing that as well. Uh, Nebraska Rutgers on Friday, <laughs> very nasty-looking teams uh, at Rutgers, so could be an interesting matchup here. Uh, Houston at Memphis, that's your <laughs> weekly Houston Thursday-slash-Friday game. Could be a good one, but I doubt it. Then we go to Saturday, and number four Michigan opens up at 12 once again. At Indiana, they have to win by a bunch. I don't know what Michigan's favored by. Uh, I'll have picks, obviously, on Thursday. But this game is one that I like. Whatever Michigan's favored by, first half. I mean, Indiana's just a wreck of a program right now. Indiana sports in general, just down tremendous. Uh, Moving on. Number eight, Tennessee comes back. They go to LSU to play number 25, LSU. One of those games that we don't get often, but two big brands, especially Tennessee's good now. LSU obviously is LSU. Uh, The fact that's a 12 plays a lot better for Tennessee than it does LSU, given the fact it will be 11 o'clock. LSU fans might not be up by then. Uh, They'll probably try and get drunk, but they won't be. (laughs) Like It's a whole... LSU will be trying to hype up the stadium and everything, but it just won't be the same at a noon kickoff. If this was a night game, Tennessee might be in trouble, but I like Tennessee to get the win here. TCU at Kansas. This is the one I talked about. The ESPN, basically game of the week, college game days going here. They have to. I mean, both teams are having great seasons so far. TCU coming off a big win. But on the road at Kansas could be a tough place since they are, you know, winning and they don't see that a lot. So the energy will be high. Quarterback Jaden Daniels has played well for Kansas. I don't, this is really feels like a pick em, but I would honestly probably take TCU. Sonny Dykes has that team playing really well right now. Max Dugan, experienced guy. Sorry, Kansas, but might lose. Arkansas at Mississippi State. Uh, this is one of those SEC matchups for. Both the names aren't really big, flashy contender teams, but I think this could be a good game. Arkansas is unranked now, unfortunately. Mississippi State finds themselves ranked at 23. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how this game will play out. Mississippi State being ranked under Will Leach is kind of unknown territory. I don't know what that looks like if they're down for a letdown spot here after getting the win over Texas A&M. I'm not sure. But this week does feature... Now, it looks very lackluster without numbers to either name here, but it is the Red River Shootout. Red River Showdown is what they call it now because it's dumb. But uh, Texas at Oklahoma, obviously not played at Oklahoma. It's not in the Cotton Bowl, but you know what I'm saying. Quinn Ewers looking to return this week would be a big boost for Texas. They've been fine, obviously, under Carson Hurd, but... You know, Quinn Ewers is the guy that they want to see under center there. So him coming back against Oklahoma would be huge. I haven't seen anything about Dylan Gabriel. I have no clue about his status. Uh, but I, he looked fine when he was walking off, so I'm not sure which way this will go. But, like I said, 12 o'clock kickoff here, obviously, as always, will be a very intriguing matchup. And I think, you know, it has not big stakes because both teams are kind of losers this year for their standards. But it could turn out to be actually a really exciting game because of that. You know, both teams want to prove themselves, be back in the fold. 
but you know, surprisingly, I might like Texas in this game. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I just like the offense way more than the Oklahoma defense. But Texas might be the pick here. Purdue at Maryland is a Big Ten matchup that's happening here. Sure, why not? Louisville at Virginia. Louisville probably will put up a ton of points. Georgia Southern at Georgia State. That's uh for the Georgia fans, like Georgia State fans. What am I trying to say? The state of Georgia residents. That's the word. Uh, this will be an intriguing game. Georgia Southern has been pretty good. Pretty good under Clay Helton. Obviously, I think they lost last week to Coastal Carolina, but the offense is looking like a good offense. I think Georgia Southern gets the win this week. Georgia State's just yeah doesn't excite me this year. South Florida at Cincinnati. I didn't realize Cincinnati got back into the rankings, so that's good for, good news for them to find themselves back as a Group of Five team. Obviously, to keep up their appearance as a good team, <laughs> uh, which I think they are. It's just you know you. Want to see a little bit more from them. Auburn at Georgia. I mentioned this game earlier. Uh, obviously, if Georgia doesn't come ready to play, then this could be a very, you know, this could be a tough loss. But I'm I'm confident, hopefully, that Georgia will come off of this last week, see what they did wrong, kind of refocus, relock in. And I, th- I think an Auburn team like this who's bad and being at home, not at 12 o'clock, because I, I don't know if I've mentioned it, time time matters for these games in college, I think, the most, way more than the NFL. The NFL is what it is. College games, I think time really depends because the fans got to get ready. It's a whole thing. It's a whole tradition, you know. Texas Tech at Oklahoma State. Texas Tech potentially could be an upset team here. Uh, it's at Oklahoma State, so that you have to factor that into it. However, I mean... We just saw them take care of a pretty good Baylor team. Hopefully they can take care of a Texas Tech team here. Number 11, Utah at number 18, UCLA. So UCLA getting a ranked nod after beating Washington. Uh, Utah, obviously, like I said, needs all the ranked wins that they can get. This would be another good thing to put on the resume. At UCLA, too. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think Utah is the clearly better team. I think Utah comes into games really well-prepared. Coaching staff at Utah's, you know, Kyle Winningham might be a top five coach in the country. If you take, like, not the recruiting really into a factor, but, like, actual football coaching, because, you know, sometimes the recruiting just takes over how we rank some of these college coaches. It obviously does matter a lot. But talking about X and O's, Kyle Winningham might be the one of the top five best coaches in the country. So that's an interesting team there. Wisconsin at Northwestern, sure, that'll be an ugly game. Uh, East Carolina Tulane. If you want a very, I don't know, interesting matchup between two teams, two group of five schools, could be something here. Tulane, I think, is just a very, I don't, I don't want to say frisky team. Like they can just they hang around with other teams. You know, I don't know if they're on the third quarterback or not again this week, but. Interesting spot there. Kent State at Miami, Ohio. <laughs> Ohio State's going to stomp Michigan State into the ground. Like, I I cannot stress this enough. I have the most little confidence in Michigan State this year, like, ever. 
This Michigan State team is bad, really bad. I don't know how they were ever ranked 11th in the country. Penn State has that very similar feeling to them. But Michigan State is actually that bad. So they'll get stomped out by Ohio State. Ole Miss plays out for Vanderbilt. This is a, a good game for them to have just because, you know, coming off a very emotional win, if they had to, like, follow it up by playing, I don't know, Texas A&M, this could be a tough matchup. But, yeah, Vanderbilt not really threatening. Washington at Arizona State could be a frisky game for Arizona State to get an uh, upset on a Washington team that also just lost, but I don't think so. North Carolina at Miami, two, I'd say, disappointing teams, you know, just from an expectation standpoint. North Carolina, I don't know if it's quite as bad as, like, Miami expectation-wise, but both teams should have highly touted quarterbacks, at least in the college game, so could be an intriguing game to watch here. James Madison at Arkansas State. James Madison is the school that I'm just, like, just watching, like, you know, I really like you guys. I, I, They have the makings of being a really good group of five team. Up there with the Appalachian States of the world. So watch out for them. Clemson at Boston College at night. Like I said, time matters. Could be an upset alert, but Boston College isn't that good. So I wouldn't... They're not like... If Syracuse was playing in this spot... like. Like I said, I looked at Clemson's schedule. I don't know if I mentioned this last week. Outside of these two games, last two games they played, they do not have anything really tough at all. So I'll be interested to see if Clemson drops one of these games. If they do, then they have to not make the playoff. It's as simple as that. It would be really bad if they lost really any other games coming on out. Uh, Washington State at USC. Uh, Wazoo's been a little bit, little bit, you know, I'd say they stay in games. They don't, they haven't gotten blown out, you know, in any, I think any of their losses, if they, I think they have like one maybe, but Wazoo's kind of just hung around just enough to really cause teams problems. USC here could be an upset alert, but we'll never know. Army at Wake Forest is an interesting style, stylistic matchup here. Wake Forest, I think will win though. BYU at Notre Dame could be a very, very interesting game. Uh, apparently, it's being played in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, the Raiders Stadium. So, I, <laughs> very interesting game just based off of just the brands. I mean, BYU, think about BYU school there in Utah, Notre Dame, obviously. In Las Vegas, too, Just that's kind of hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Kansas State at Iowa State could be a good little state matchup here at nighttime as well. Texas A&M at Alabama is a night game like on CBS. Alabama minus whatever points they are. You know, Jimbo talked that talk. He's not walking the walk this season, and he will get pushed down by Alabama. Blowout city here. I'm calling it now. And then we have Oregon at Arizona as the last ranked team. The last really, I guess, interesting matchup here. Uh, if you want your Pac-12 after dark fix, that'll finish at like 2 a.m. Oregon State at Stanford. <laughs> that's that's the Pac-12 game starting at 11 p.m. Eastern time. So, you know, if you wake up in the middle of the night, one's a glass of water, you might see Oregon State and Stanford on the TV. Just you never know. 
So that'll do it this week. Uh, nothing else really to report on in the college football world, I don't believe. As I said, kind of ran through some of these standings. We'll see one of the, I think, Kansas or TCU. I'm curious if one of them will fall out of the top 10 entirely, you know, since they do play each other. But yeah, that will do it for this show. If I had to, oh, if real quick, if I had to give a Heisman front runner, it is CJ Stroud, by the way. He's putting up the stats to do it. You know, he doesn't doesn't have the whole he won it last year thing going for him, which, you know, I think that's a good thing. Media wants to give it to a new guy. That, that always happens. But like I said, that'll do it for this week. I'm your host, Lucas Kochevar. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Had to record on at 11 or 11 here on the Tuesday because recordings messed up last night again, but I caught it this time. Not going to get by me, but you know what it is. We'll talk to the NFL tomorrow. Recap the week's action. Like I said, I will see you next time. Goodbye.